It's Build a Big Podcast. I'm David Hooper. I live in an urban neighborhood. I've talked about it before. You can sit on my porch, sit on the steps leading up to my house. You can see the sidewalk in front of my house. And it's not uncommon, certainly not right now, we're all quarantined, to see somebody taking a break from being cooped up inside their house, walking down the sidewalk. And that's not just during the quarantine, that's any time. I live in what you would call a walking neighborhood. A few years ago, I'm outside mowing my lawn. See a guy rolling up in a wheelchair. He's with a dog. As he comes by my house, the dog enters my yard and immediately takes a huge dump. I got this old guy in a wheelchair on the sidewalk in front of my house, a dog taking a huge dump, and I'm trying to mow the lawn. Normally in this situation, you might have a guy who's got a bag. He's, oh, sorry, man, let me get that. This dude can't do it. So it's a little bit awkward. What am I going to do? Get mad about it? No. I laughed about it. Hey, man, this dog's fertilizing my yard. I try to be nice, try to be neighborly. So we talked for a while, just small talk. He says he lives a street over and he introduces himself. He says, my name is James Brown. (laughs) And you know what I said? I said, like the singer? And he was like, hey! (laughs) He said, yeah, like the singer. Actually, believe it or not, I used to work with him. It turns out this guy's an old school urban radio DJ. It's an AM station in Nashville. And AM radio, if you don't know, it used to be big. AM radio was big. It would bounce off the stratosphere. It would go everywhere. You could pick it up so much farther than you could an FM signal. In fact, they didn't even have FM when AM was as big as it was. This AM station, it's still around today. It is maybe best known as the radio station where Oprah Winfrey got her start. People don't know this about Oprah. Maybe some people do. I might have mentioned it. Oprah's from Nashville. She went to high school here. Another weird Oprah connection. My father was her speech teacher in that high school, East High School. So anyway, AM radio, back in the day when James was there, it was big. It was big. When he said he worked with the James Brown It was because this was the big urban radio station, or they called it black radio at the time, in Nashville. And they would bring these artists into Nashville. They would do promotions for them. They would pack venues. And it wasn't just James Brown. He worked with the Isley Brothers. Every time I would see him, he had headphones on. Oh, I used to work with him. He had all sorts of great stories. But if you were to look at him now, you would never know that. You would see this old guy in a wheelchair with a little bitty dog. Over the next few years, because I've got a dog and because James was one street over, I would see him all the time, all the time. He'd always be hanging out, wearing headphones, listening to music, little dog always at his side. And because I'm walking my dog, that little dog would come greet us. We'd stop. We'd chat. We both loved music. We both loved dogs. And every time he would chat, he would have a story. It wasn't always about radio. But being in radio myself, I would get him to show me how he would do intros and outros, that old school urban DJ way, just to see how he would do it. And I would often tell him, I would say, man, I've got to get my recorder over here and get this on tape. And he always say something like, no, no, that's, I don't do that anymore. That's who I used to be. That was years ago. Last year I was out in my car, drove by his house and I see a U-Haul and I was like, man, James is moving. 
He got sick of all this development. That was another thing that we would talk about, about how the neighborhood had changed. He'd been here 50, 60 years, more or less grown up in this neighborhood. And my father, take it back to connection with my father, also grew up in this neighborhood, just a street over from where James was. So I've got a connection to this neighborhood too. We would always talk about that. And I was like, James, man, I guess he just got sick of this development because they were always threatening to tear his house down. You know that story. Gentrification is what we would call it. Anyway, parked my car, immediately went to James's house and there are all these people in there moving stuff out, but no James. And there's this dude on the couch and I ask him, I said, what's up? And he said, James is dead. And I was like, oh, shit. And it was disappointing because he was a friend of mine. This guy's retired. I see him all the time. I'm working from home. I'm walking my dog. He's out rolling around with his dog. We'd see each other all the time. And I was like, oh, that's not going to be the same. He's my connection to the old neighborhood, you know? But I also thought about the stories that he had and about how I missed that opportunity, that history, that radio history, and those intros and those outros and the way things used to be and the things that I could have learned from him. And I've talked about things like this before. You know, I've missed air checks from a great radio legend here in Nashville because I was too scared to do it. And with this, it was just one of those things that I never got around to. That guy that I talked to who was sitting on his couch, that was his son. And we talked about me trying to get some of James' air checks and recordings. I'm still working on that. I've checked in with the station, the owner of the station. They don't have anything. This was way back before everything was recorded, but there are a lot of old air checks out there. And James was really popular as a DJ at one time. He didn't go by the name James Brown for obvious reasons. He went by the name J. Albert Brown. And it was weird because he was living among people that didn't know who he was because of that. But sometimes I mention it to these older guys in the neighborhood. I said, you know, James Brown, you know, radio DJ. And they'd be like, who? J. Albert Brown. They go, oh man, J. Albert Brown lives here. They didn't even know, but they knew him. So I'm sure there are some recordings out there somewhere. I'm looking for them. There are a lot of people who collect air checks. They're out there. I'm still going to look. But I want you to think about this. This is why I bring it up. We take for granted that there is so much on tape these days, but there is also a ton of stuff that isn't. It's not online. It's not written down on paper. Sometimes the people that might have been on tape, they're known in different ways than they are now. And we don't even know that they're around us. We don't know how to look them up. We don't know where to look them up. Maybe the only place that it exists is in the minds of people. Right now, because of COVID-19, one of the things that people are thinking a lot about is death and the importance of relationships. And if you've got the time, you definitely have the skills, you could be somebody who gets a lot of this important stuff, these stories, this history, the intros and outros of an old radio DJ that we could all learn from. You could get that stuff on tape. Maybe it's from your family. Maybe it's from your friends. Maybe it is something that you could turn into a business. Think about that. We are on the edge of a lot of people dying. And people die all the time. James didn't die from COVID-19. He died because he was old. He didn't take care of himself. And one day you're here and you've got these stories and you can share them with people and you can make friendships. And the next day that's gone. 
It is gone. You can be the one to archive some of this with your skills, with the equipment that you already have. You may be familiar with StoryCorps. This is an NPR show. They have a great app, the StoryCorps app, that will guide you through a StoryCorps-style interview. That's where people interview their family, interview their friends, interview people that they know. And they get great interviews. So if you're a little iffy on interviewing, that's not the kind of podcast that you do. S-T-O-R-Y-C-O-R-P-S. That's how you spell it. You can look up that app. They will guide you through an interview. And maybe you just open up that mic and let somebody talk. It doesn't have to be perfect to be meaningful. No real marketing device on this one, but an opportunity for you if you are looking to make money with your podcasting skills and definitely an opportunity for you to help humanity out so we don't lose some of this stuff to hit the record button, get some of this stuff on tape. I mentioned the StoryCorps app. You know, I've also got something called Podcast Interviewing School. It is a free podcast that I've got. If you go to bigpodcast.com slash subscribe, you will see it there. It's called Podcast Interviewing School. Look for the blue icon. I will guide you through becoming a better interviewer. It'll work for your podcast. It'll work for these types of interviews. It'll work for any kind of situation where you have to find out about somebody. Use it on a date. Whenever we start hanging out again, go on a date. Hey, got this podcast interview in school. Let me interview you. <laughs> you might scare somebody like that, but you can sneak it in. You can sneak it in. And she'll say, wow, you are the most interesting person I've ever found. You know why? Because you're letting her, you're letting him talk about themselves. Huh? Try it. Then invite me to the wedding. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. That's podcast interview in school. While you are there, you can subscribe to this podcast, build a big podcast, subscribe to both. Double your pleasure, baby. Thanks for listening to Build a Big Podcast. I will see you on the next episode.